Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Sup, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 Podcast West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 Podcast. And we're going to go over to that home daycare center and get to Ryan Callahan. And if we're going there, I think you know why we're going there. But uh, we'll go ahead and let Ryan tell you any anywho. Ryan, why are we having another breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 Podcast? Well, it's because we've got some recruiting news. And uh, for the first time in a while now, almost three months, Tennessee has made an addition to its 2023 recruiting class. Uh, offensive lineman Bison Lang of Pike Road, Alabama, has committed to Tennessee. Uh, this is one that you know I think fans probably have, have realized for a while that Tennessee was in good shape with him. And, uh, and, and with good reason, he took his first and, as it turned out, to this point, only official visit uh, to Tennessee the weekend of September 24th for the Vols game against Florida. Uh, really liked that visit. And as a matter of fact, uh, essentially told the staff that weekend uh, that, that he was uh, going to Tennessee, but continued to you know keep things open publicly, wait, waited for his moment to uh, to announce that decision and, uh, and continued to, uh, to at least court other teams with Auburn, LSU, and Texas uh, officially being the other uh, the other finalists, really think this came down to, you know, was he going to stay in in state and, and go to Auburn or, or or go to Tennessee? You know, I think LSU was involved at, at times this fall, um, but but really Tennessee was, I think the 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 best fit for just on, on all sides of what he wanted and, and and best combination of everything, including team just making him a, a big priority. So uh, with all the uncertainty at Auburn. I think this is one that he he's had his mind made up about for for a while now, and and Tennessee obviously uh, what what it's done on the field this season I think just made him feel even better about it over the past several weeks. But big pickup here for Tennessee to address the offensive line where they only had a couple guys really that they could definitely pencil in as offensive linemen in this class, and uh, and a guy that gives them some some maybe some options position wise, which we'll get into in a few minutes. But a big pickup uh, for Tennessee for sure to to address one of its bigger remaining needs in this class. Yeah, and just for the details out there again, his name's Vison Lang. That's a V-Y-S-E-N. It's a great name, especially for an offensive lineman. Vison Lang, six foot four and a half, 335 pounds. So he is a rather large mammal, uh, as you would expect for an, an SEC lineman recruit from Pike Road High School in Pike Road, Alabama. I don't know that I've heard of that school or that town before, which is weird. 
because normally I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of that town. So uh, I've not heard of that, but uh, he's from there and uh, he, he's a big boy. So if you're down there in Pike Road, Alabama, probably know him when you see him because this is a, a six foot four and a half, 335 pound young man who wears glasses. He is a three star. <laughs> this is a big boy. Uh, got him rated, you know, top 30 overall prospect uh, in Alabama. Uh, I think he's 692 in the composite. So he, he's not like lighting up the, the radar gun, so to speak, in terms of that. But you know, that, that happens with linemen. I, that's never a concern for me. The only concern I ever have with linemen is does the school want him in Tennessee? obviously wants him and that's what I was going to ask you Ryan is is what made you know people from the outside are probably looking in going okay right now this staff has a 100% approval rating basically anything they're doing they're they're not getting any pushback on it um, but you, you do realize that this is commitment number 22 so you know playing the numbers there's not many more they can add in this class what is it about him that they said for sure a take this is a guy we really really want well for, for starters you know just Positional need. I mean, that's it's not just simply filling a need in his case, but this is one of the positions I think Tennessee felt it really had to address. Um, really, only a couple of offensive linemen in this class. Uh, you had Aiden Bussell, uh, the in-state lineman from from Mountain Juliet High School, and then obviously Shamrod uh, Umarov that committed back in the summer, the four-star tackle from the Atlanta area. So uh, a couple other guys who at least have positional versatility that could end up on the offensive line maybe in the future, depending on how they develop but they needed someone else they could really count on on the offensive line. So they've been after Lang for months. Uh, he visited back in March for the first time and then came back again in June. So he's been to Tennessee a, a handful of times now, was back in town last month for the Alabama game. Uh, so obviously a guy that they just built a good relationship with over the past several months and that uh, just kind of fits what they what they want. You know, it, it's We've, we've, we've discussed it plenty in the past, um, but, but it's, it's worth repeating with a guy like him. You know, the, the perception out there is that Tennessee's offensive line, you need athletes, you need guys that can, that can move well and do all the running they do with that fast pace. But, uh, and there's some truth to that. You do need good athleticism for sure. Um, but at the same time, you, you need some, some road graders. You need some guys who can move people. And, and so six four and a half, three thirty five. 335, uh, I, I think a guy who – you know, ideally maybe projects as, as a guard. Um, we can get into that a little more in a second, but, but definitely someone that either way, regardless of where he fits in long term, uh, just, just kind of fits what they're looking for as a, as a pretty good athlete, but a guy who also can, uh, can just sort of push the pile and, and, and really has, has the potential to develop some pretty good strength with his build um, at, this, at this stage in his, his development. So uh, I, I think there, there's a lot to like about his game. Demeanor-wise and build-wise, he reminds me a little bit of Masai Reddick from last year's class. Um, just kind of the same, the same general personality. Not saying they're they're mirror images of one another, but built a little bit like Masai also. So I think there's some similarities there, and I think I think both, you know, maybe similar as prospects in a way too. Guys who I think really could develop into pretty good players in the long run. Just like most offensive linemen, probably not a day one starter or anything like that, but a guy who you, you may look up in a couple of years and say, hey, that was a really nice pickup. Like you said. Offensive line, such a developmental position, you don't really worry too much a lot of times when you see a three-star, um, you know, with those kinds of offers, especially uh, that, that a school is taking. So uh, a, a guy like that that has the athleticism, has the build, 
and has the, the potential to be pretty good down the road. I think there's a lot to like there for Tennessee. Yeah, and for people who are wondering, uh, you know, like, oh, this kid's rated 692 overall. Uh, Javante Spragans was rated 549 overall in the composite, and I don't know how many yep. guards Tennessee would take over him right now. <laughs> he is, you know, he's out there road grading, mashing people uh, pretty much on a weekly basis. So, yeah, in, in terms of – you talked about the the personality, Ryan. There's a certain kind of – personality that's sort of developing a culture within that Tennessee football program you know they're they're not all the same thing it's not like I joke about Rick Barnes and his robots all the time about how everybody like you are exactly this kind of way or you're not going to do well at Tennessee but if you're this kind of way you're going to do really well at Tennessee in in terms of football there's too many people there for something like that but you're seeing a general theme with some of the the personalities and, and some of the the habits and things from the guys in this program right now, is this kid from, from what you know, uh, a good fit for that? Because I know that we know, um, we know Tennessee has the ability to be more picky now, pickier, I guess I should say, use correct words, Wes. But I, I think probably uh, it's a fair question to say, you know, d- does he fit with these guys? You know, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, no question. I, I think he does. And, and, like I said, already reminds me a little bit of Masai Reddick, uh, but you know that that and that was a guy who I think struck you as really intelligent player, great culture fit, g- going to be a good uh, a good personality to have in the locker room. I think Vice and Lang is, is the same type of kid from what what I can tell on uh, all my dealings with him, and uh, yeah, I think definitely fits that fits that room well. I think there is a certain type of player in some cases. This isn't this isn't for everybody, but there is a certain type of player. Who is going to be drawn to this staff um, more so than, than than others? You know, they're obviously what Tennessee is doing on the field and, and Tennessee's program and everything it has to offer are, are going to draw a, a, a certain group of kids anyway who are just interested in going to a high level program. Uh, but no question, there I think is a is a type of player who's who's drawn to the types of things Tennessee is selling. And, and in Vice and Lang's case, I think that that's true too. You know, he likes the. He likes what he's seen from Tennessee in terms of development. You know, the way Tennessee's offensive line has improved throughout the season and clearly has gotten better in its first two years under offensive line coach Glenn Ellerby. Um, so there's a there's a certain type of player who's who's looking for for certain things and and guys who are looking for development. You know, that that's that, that's a big thing. This staff's big on that and, and they're selling that, and players who are looking for that are, are gonna be drawn to, especially now that Tennessee has results to point to in that area. So uh, but yeah, personality-wise, no question. Kind of an easygoing guy, and uh, and someone who I think is going to mesh pretty well with the personalities already in that locker room. Which, interestingly, Glenn Ellerby uh, described uh, just a few weeks ago, I guess, on Vol calls as as kind of like a Saturday Night Live sketch. Uh, the characters they have in that uh, position group, uh, position group right now. So you got a bunch of different types of guys. Javante Spragans certainly a good example of that, I would say. Uh, but some some real personalities in there, and so I, I don't think there are many guys who wouldn't fit with that group probably. Uh, you just want someone who's at least personable, and, and, and no doubt Bison Lang is that type of guy, and I think we get along pretty well with those guys. What about, before we go to break here, Ryan, positionally, anytime I see six four and a half, three thirty five in high school, it's sort of my inclination to suspect guard, and I think you and I have had this conversation a million times over the years, but, I mean, look at Darnell Wright, right? You, you can be a certain size and still be a tackle if you're athletic enough and a really, really good one, but when you're in high school and I see six, you know, almost six five, three thirty five. That to me is like okay, you maybe have the length to play tackle, um, and maybe if you shed some pounds, you might have the athleticism to play it too. But you're probably more comfortable playing a guard if that's your like legit size. Is this a kid who's going to come in and they're going to want him to lose fifteen or twenty pounds, or is this a kid who's just going to kind of firm up where he is and be a guard? 
Yeah, I, I, I think guard, if I had to guess right now, is more likely. Now, I- interesting to note, though, that Tennessee has kind of told him, you know, no really specific position so far. They've kind of left it on the table that, hey, guard or tackle could work out in the long run. We'll just have to wait and see how you develop and, and, and get you here uh, and, and get you on the practice field. And that's and that's often the truth. I, you know, I, I don't think that's really just a, a sales pitch that you tell a guy that, uh, that you're afraid might want to play tackle and you just don't want to tell him that he's a guard. I think that's uh, a lot of times that is accurate because sometimes, I mean, Cade Mays, you know, there, there are plenty of examples of guys like that who have a, a guard type build in a lot of ways and who might project as NFL guards, but are more than capable of playing tackle uh, at the college level and in the SEC. So uh, you can't rule that out. No, he's played left tackle in high school. Uh, that's, that's what a lot of kids obviously do. Uh, when they are of a certain level of prospect. But, um, but yeah, I think in this case, his skill set, certainly not hard to envision him being a, a, a more athletic guard as opposed to, to just a, you know, maybe a tackle with, with okay athleticism by that position standards. So I think maybe higher ceiling is how I would describe it at guard if I had to, if I had to say right now, but certainly is, is not, not incapable of playing tackle. So maybe more of a right tackle than a left tackle, but still someone who could probably play tackle in a pinch if he had to, but I think they're going to get him here, develop him, see, see, see what his body does naturally. But I think much like Masai Reddick, who, who has similar height and, and a similar build coming out of high school, I think probably you'd have to say guard is a more likely position long-term. Yeah, but we'll see, right? They get there and then they get in the strength and conditioning program and then you see what happens to them. And uh, sometimes uh, they surprise you. So we will see. There's lots more to discuss about this, though. Uh, Tennessee with another commitment, getting one from Vice and Lang, a big old boy out of uh, Alabama. This is six foot four and a half, 335 pounds. This is a, a large young man, uh, a guy who Tennessee is very happy to have. And if he is, is if he's 10% as happy uh, to be at Tennessee as it looks like he's happy about life in his uh, profile picture there at 24 7 Sports, <laughs> then uh, he's probably really, really, really happy uh, to join Josh Heupel's pants party up here in Knoxville. So lots more to talk about with him. We'll get right back to that. But before we do that, we're going to step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, et cetera. And then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. 
Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from uh, his home daycare center there on the other side of town, across the tracks, talking about another big, big addition for Tennessee in recruiting. And I mean big, literally in this case. Vison Lang, a six foot four and a half, 335 pound offensive lineman from Pike Road High School in Pike Road, Alabama, has become the 22nd commitment to Tennessee's 2023 recruiting class. Lots more to discuss there about a class that's that's right now, you know, fringe top 10, kind of right there. We'll see how it finishes. Hint, hint, we might talk about that here in this second segment. Lots more to discuss. Before we do that, though, just a, a quick request from our end, guys. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, Let's say 60 seconds, 75 seconds, maybe 90 seconds tops. Go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We would appreciate that tremendously. If you're just listening on the website, right there at GoVols247.com, that's fine. We love you. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. You can still be in our circle of trust, our tree, trust, whatever you call it. You can be there with us. But what helps set the most is if you go in there on Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcast. Uh, I, let's see, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, you know, certainly Spotify, any of those places you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very few complaints from our end. You never want to say no complaints because life is life, but very few complaints from our end. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask uh, to go in there and take about a minute out of your day and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends, right? Tell people you see at church. Tell people you see at the tailgate. Tell, tell people you see on the golf course. Tell people you see at the Frisbee golf course if you're a hippie out there playing Frisbee golf. Tell people you see just walking around town. You know, Especially if you don't live in Knoxville, don't assume they know. They might not know. You see somebody wearing a Tennessee shirt, say, hey, man, I like the Vols. You like the Vols. Why don't you listen to this Go Vols 24-7 podcast? And if you do that, you might meet your new best friend. You might meet your new spouse. Your life could change forever. That could be a very wealthy person who becomes your best friend, and then when they die, they give you all their stuff. Think of all the things that could happen in your life if you just go and do that one little thing for us and help us out. So if you're already doing all those things, thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ryan, back to business. Uh, Vison Lang is the 22nd commitment here to Tennessee's recruiting class, although a lot of the commitments we've seen lately have been of the 2024 variety, which is good news for Tennessee because the more work you do early, it's like Rick Barnes says in basketball, you know, in possessions, the the more work you do early, the less work you have to do late. So it's good to get these kind of numbers and get started on the 2024 class. However, been a little bit since they've had one for 2023, I believe. So what do you think about where sort of this this class is right now? We, we sort of knew that it was going to be some time because they didn't have a lot of spots left. Uh, where Where's this class? What have been the developments there? How are things going with that cycle? Yeah, that's that's been the interesting part. You know, I think uh, all the Tennessee fans seeing what has happened on the field this season has sort of wondered, okay, now, now what, where's where's the recruiting <laughs> news? What, what, what's what's happening? Why are we not getting commitment after commitment? That's, that's sort of what I was from, asking, yeah. Yeah, from all of these wins. And, and you know, we, we've kind of said it throughout the season. You know, the early signing period really has changed so much. That combined with the spring official visit window has changed so much about how the recruiting process is handled by a lot of these kids. And I think that combined with NIL, which is interesting to see how that's maybe factored into some of these uh, situations where Tennessee, I think, has been back in the picture with some guys who've been committed to other schools. 
but it's gotten shut down before those guys could make it back to Tennessee for another visit. You wonder in a lot of those cases, is NIL a factor maybe keeping guys committed to schools when they would otherwise look around? It can work both ways, but there are certainly a lot of reasons that it, that it maybe hasn't resulted in a lot of 2023 recruiting success so far. Uh, but that's, that's kind of what I thought it would be from the get-go. You know, we, we mentioned before, I, I wasn't really sure because of what sort of where Tennessee has been, but also its history. It's been a while since we've maybe seen a, a sort of traditional power like Tennessee you know, get, come out of the wilderness after more than a decade of, of not being a championship contender and what that might do in recruiting. And I still think in the long run, it's, it's going to result in some pretty big things for Tennessee. Uh, I, I think they are going to recruit at a pretty high level in the 2024 class based on what we've seen so far. And, and they've done pretty well in the 2023 class as well. Obviously, Nico Iamaliava and uh, a few other big-time guys in this class to, to go along with a number of other solid, solid players who are maybe just not top 100 talents but very good players who project well to the next level. Um, but they, they could take things to another level in 2024 as a result of what they're doing this season. This this class, a lot of the hay has been in the barn for a lot of players across the country and a lot of teams uh, with their classes. And and so during the season, I, I didn't expect to see a lot um, in terms of just you know commitments coming because of Tennessee's success. Uh, and, and Vice and Lang, we, we kind of touched on it, first commitment in three months almost, uh, nearly three months. Jordan Matthews was the most recent one, the four-star cornerback out of Louisiana. That one was back on, on August 15th. Uh, so this is the first one since the season started. Um, so not shocked that it's been a little bit uh, of a wait for, for news in, in this regard for Tennessee and not surprised that we haven't seen just a ton of off the wall out of left field kind of developments, but Tennessee still is in good shape with some guys. You know, there's some big, big names still left on the board. You know, David Hobbs, the highly ranked defensive lineman out of North Carolina, still a very realistic target for Tennessee as he gets ready to announce a decision on, on November 25th and still plenty of other targets out there who are just going to make decisions in the final weeks and always were waiting a little bit longer. So we'll see how much this season um, helps Tennessee close well with some guys who were maybe already on the board or guys they offered this fall. But you know, just in terms of guys, you know, getting people to look at you who've already made their decisions or who've already kind of focused on four or five other teams, it's just hard these days because so many players are kind of wrapping things up by the time they get to October that, that if you're not already in the running for guys, it's sometimes just hard to get them to change their minds and you know, throw another team into the mix, essentially. And, and there's always these things, too, about, you know, when you get past the early signing period, how many are you looking to sign on the the old signing day, if it's still even a thing that exists, which sort of, I guess it does, but it's just so much different than it used to be. But are you trying to add guys then? And then how many spots do you leave open for potential additions in the portal? I mean, it, it, the whole thing is so much different from the way it used to be, and not necessarily in a bad way. Just It's just different. Sometimes – People say different, and you think, oh, it's just, it's worse. No, it's just different. So it's hard to kind of say at this point, uh, if you if you master it, if you do really well at it, then it's better for you. If you struggle with it, then then it's not as good for you. That's sort of up to you and how you handle it. But in terms of um, where, where the numbers are now, this is 22 for now. So if we say, okay, the 22 that are there, they're going to stay in the barn. Let's just, for the sake of argument, say that. How, how many more spots – do you think Tennessee has for this class? I know that's kind of a moving number. And, and how many, how choosy do they have to be? What specifically with offensive line do they still need? I, I imagine, Ryan, it's probably some combination of, you know, best players available, but there's also places where they have a couple needs. So it's kind of like probably a hodgepodge of, yeah, we got to take a couple of these positions pretty much no matter what. And then other things, it's we'd like this, but if we get something else, that's all right. 
Yeah, and it, it, it's it's more of a fluid number, I think, than, than most years because of what you said. You know, no 25 limit. You can be a little bit selective about about what you do, um, but you still have plenty of flexibility if the right player comes along that there's nothing stopping you from taking uh, one more than you plan to uh, going into it. So they've, they've got some flexibility there. Uh, and also, yeah, just how, how many spots do you want to save for the transfer portal? You know, I think I think the, the big thing is just is, is keeping an eye on that total number and what Tennessee is going to be able to add to the roster without players leaving. And they don't know yet, you know, how many players might leave on their own this off season, how many will leave for the NFL draft. You know, the, the calculus on that has even changed in a lot of ways since the season yeah, started. Guys like point, guys like Hyatt and the guys that you never, you wouldn't have expected before. Now you're like, oh, I don't know, you know, a couple guys, right. a couple, and there's a couple more too. Even, even Darnell Wright, a guy like that, you might've yep. thought going into the season, there's a chance he comes back for that fifth oh, year. He gone. Now, he gone. Now, not a lot of talk of that. So, uh, so yeah, I think the calculus has changed on that end. And then you don't know which players might leave because they're, you know, buried on the depth chart and other things like that. Um, so, so you've got some flexibility there. Uh, and I think Tennessee will for sure want to, to take at least a handful of guys in the transfer portal this offseason, knowing they've got some needs that will need to be filled by immediate impact players. And that, you know, you touched on that. That is one of the things that people should keep in mind for sure that I think has changed the way the stretch run is going to work and already has maybe for Tennessee is, there's not that level of desperation that, hey, we've really got to capitalize on this. We've got to go out and get some uh, some highly ranked guys because especially in the NIL era, you, you do have to sort of pick and choose your spots with what you want to do, how, you know, how you want to prioritize things. And in Tennessee's case, they might really need to get some important players in the transfer portal, and that might be where we see the most immediate returns on, on what Tennessee has done this season on the field. Are they a hotter team for players in the transfer portal who are looking for immediate success on offense, especially, but even on defense, you know, can they capitalize on this, this off season? We'll find out, but I think they would certainly like to, you know, tackle wide receiver. There are a few different positions where you'd say, Hey, pretty easy to envision them just taking a plug and play transfer and, and, and moving right along next season with, uh, with, with, you know, Joe Milton or someone else at quarterback and seeing if they can keep this thing rolling. But um, yeah, I think, I think the, the number for this class uh, in terms of recruits before the transfer portal additions, probably ends up somewhere between 25 and 30. Uh, my guess right now is they go a little bit beyond 25, but maybe not too far um, because you do want to, to save some room for at least a handful of transfers. And, and that might just depend on who all they can get there too. So uh, no doubt it's a complicated situation. It's something that's certainly could change week to week, even once they get into December. Um, but I think you're looking at a class that probably has at least a, another handful of additions down the stretch. And then you never know how things reset after December. You could always still try to add another one or two in February. Yeah, and, and I think uh, I, I can tell you this for sure. There are absolutely kids right now who are playing for other teams who are keeping a very close eye to what's going on at Tennessee and thinking, man, it would kind of be fun to play football there right now. Now, I don't know if any how, how much of that's going to transpire kind of when rubber hits the road and it becomes that time when the portal is officially open and all those things and you can do that stuff um but and when i say portal officially open i mean like when you can when guys start actually doing stuff we'll see how much it actually sticks then but i can tell you right now ryan for a fact there are kids who are playing in other schools who are looking at tennessee talking to the kids who are playing at tennessee and being like hey man it might be fun to join y'all yeah, and, and for that matter, I think those conversations are, are already coming from, from players reaching out to maybe some of their friends as they naturally do and saying, hey, man, don't you want to come be a part of this? Maybe knowing that they either didn't look at Tennessee at all coming out of high school and maybe Tennessee is an option for them now, or maybe it's someone who considered Tennessee coming out of high school and just chose to go elsewhere and say, like, hey, 
you kind of wanted to go here before. Well, now we're good. <laughs> and yeah. so, I and, 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 that, and that could be the difference, right? They could have been like, man, I loved everything about that place. I loved the atmosphere. I liked the uniforms. I liked the campus. I liked everything, but I just didn't know if they were going to be good. <laughs> yeah. And so there, there's multiple scenarios how that can play out, but no doubt, I think that's a real possibility. And, and I think there was, uh, there was actually a conversation where someone, uh, a camera might've picked up a, an exchange between a Tennessee player and an opposing player at a recent home game uh, where a conversation like that, or at least a statement or two was made in passing. Uh, so you, you never know how many of those conversations have already been had or, or might be taking place uh, as the season goes on. And, and no doubt, I think Tennessee's going to be much more in those discussions because of what they're doing uh, this offseason. But, you know, we'd be we'd be fooling ourselves to assume that, that NIL and other factors like that aren't going to play a big part in those decisions. But, hey, no doubt it helps that Tennessee is winning at a high level and competing for championships and all those things. And it's going to make Tennessee at least, I think, more of a player this offseason, along with as we discussed before many times, they were restricted on scholarship numbers last year with what they could do in the transfer portal. Should be much, much more open this year to sort of explore what's out there and see how many good players they can get in that key window in December and January. Yeah, and if you're worried about losing guys to the draft, all of a sudden that, that's not necessarily the the gut punch it used to be because now you can be like, okay, well, now if someone like a Jalen Hyatt leaves or whatever, there's, you know – we got Squirrel White and other options, but there's a maybe a really good slot receiver somewhere else who's like, "Hey, man, I want to I want to go play in that offense. I want to go I want to go do what those guys have done." So you, you don't have to worry about it as much as long as you navigate those waters efficiently, which is what it all comes down to in the end. But regardless, my point in asking all that was to say Tennessee can be choosy right now. So again, you should be pretty happy that Tennessee's gotten this kid because Tennessee can be pickier right now and Tennessee is like no no this kid we, we're still taking this kid so that that means they pretty clearly feel like this kid's going to help them which I think is good news for Tennessee good news for the offensive line because uh, all that fun all that fancy fun stuff Tennessee's doing on offense you can't do that if you're not winning one-on-one battles up front and Tennessee is consistently winning one-on-one battles up front and uh, keep recruiting kids like this, signing kids like this, and you'll have a chance to keep doing that. So I think that's everything I had, Ryan. Do you have anything else before we step out of here? Uh, yeah, real quickly, I, you know, some people might wonder about the the offensive line numbers in this class. You know, I think Tennessee still you know, will, will be interested in, in maybe adding another offensive lineman, specifically a tackle. Um, again, they might have a, a, as enough of a pressing need this offseason that they need to go get someone in the transfer portal, especially if Darnell Wright, as a lot of people are expecting right now, leaves for the NFL draft. You know, you, you can as- probably assume right now that, that Gerald Mincy, Jeremiah Crawford, maybe both of those guys would return to, to solidify at least one tackle spot, but you still might need someone who can plug in on the other side. So the, I think the transfer portal, definitely something they'll be exploring on the offensive line if Darnell Wright does leave, but um, still would like another another tackle. I think that they could develop long term, and you know they missed out on Stanton Ramil uh, this uh, this past summer, uh, the four star Michigan State offensive tackle commitment. The Vols uh, finished second to the Spartans the first time around. Is he, is he, is he still farm to Michigan State with everything going uh, on up there right well, now? Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's uh, you. You might have heard Glenn Ellerby's comments uh, when he was at the Knoxville Quarterback Club last month talking about players who would kind of reach back out to them. I think that was a reference to Stanton Ramil. We, we've we've mentioned on the on the checkerboard on go balls 24 seven. And if you're not on there, why aren't you? Yeah. Um, you idiot. With our, you idiot. <laughs> with our, with our recent, uh, special, especially, but you, you, you definitely, uh, would have, would have picked up on our, our, our reporting on that the past several weeks that Tennessee has been in contact there with Stanton Ramil. There have been conversations there and you know, we'll see what it turns into, but there, there are guys like that still left on the board. 
and even some others that Tennessee has offered this fall um, that still might be in play on the offensive line. So I think all things being equal, they would like to add another offensive lineman. That's one of those positions where even with Vice and Lang, they're probably not quite done. So offensive line, defensive line, you know, probably running back in that same group as well. The, those are probably the main three positions. I think they really would like to take one more, uh, regardless of how things play out numbers-wise. That Those are the kind of positions they're most focused on addressing down the stretch. So definitely don't, wouldn't say they're done on the offensive line, but I think the focus now with a with a guard-slash-tackle like Vison Lang on board, the focus now goes to can you find someone who projects as a likely tackle to, to maybe help out there in the long run. And we all know that finding tackle bodies is always a tough thing to do because the number of guys who are long and athletic enough and 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 strong enough and mentally tough enough to handle that spot that that that's the those are kind of unicorns. They're hard guys to find, and that's why you have more guys who you have to build and project into that role. So, um, you know, like like tight ends who turn into that or or whatever you're going to do. But um, regardless, uh, I think they're going to be looking in the portal for a tackle too. That's I'm not saying that I know they're going to do that. I'm just looking at the the depth chart, looking at the situation, and saying I don't know why they wouldn't do that. That just seems think to me of, like something they yeah. got to do. Uh, I think a high likelihood of that position. I think there there are a few that you could probably pencil in. I'd say wide receiver probably right there in that discussion too, knowing that Cedric Tillman and quite possibly Jalen Hyatt um, le- leaving for the draft after this year. And and hey, who who knows? Brew McCoy. Yeah, I know that that's, is, he I, might man. He had his sights set on the draft when he came to Tennessee. You know, he had a post on on Twitter or Instagram around the time of the draft this year that you know 366 days or whatever, counting down to next year's draft. Um, you never know how how his view of things might change this off season or how it might have changed since then. But no, no doubt, I think he's at least going to give it some thought, uh, just knowing sort of his his way of thinking when he got to Tennessee. So we'll we'll see how that all plays out. But Jalen Hyatt and Brew McCoy, I think, both have decisions to make. So I'll be. Pretty surprised if Tennessee doesn't end up in the portal looking for at least one receiver. And I think they shouldn't have trouble finding someone who wants to come play in this offense, most likely. Yeah. That would be my guess. I, so, yeah, that's probably a fair way to put that. But, Ryan, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I know this is, uh, we're talking about Vice and Lane. This is a good day uh, for Tennessee. This is a, a good addition for Tennessee. And uh, things seem to be going quite well in the recruiting department there. So, uh, thanks for giving us the heads up on all that. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say, Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day, tons of stuff on there, all good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap. Go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there 
at the University of Tennessee. We bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. And that's after a free trial. And that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial. And then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff... Brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys. That is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of that now. Uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days, there's been a problem. We should be back here uh, in, in a couple days or so. You'll hear from us very, very shortly. Until then, guys, be good to each other. Be decent to each other. Please, there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore. God, we are so mean to each other. Have some basic human empathy. Allow people their dignity. Try to be kind. Be good to each other. Until then, be good, guys. See you. Where's Wes at? He already put my comments out there, so (laughs) he had direct quotes. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.